Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Valle Bajo podcast. It's Monday night, so it's time for the podcast here in Socorro, Texas. With me is Sal Chagoy. How are you doing, Sal? Doing good, Alex. We missed you last week. Uh, and then we also have Rene Reyes. What's up, Rene? Rene Reyes. Ay! Oh, no. Rodriguez. Shots <laughs> fired. Sobres. Híjole. Hold on, hold on. Let me let me take that sword off my oh, back. Oh, sorry, Rene. Sorry, Rene. That's cool. That's cool. Uh, I'm sorry about that. Hey, uh, Mr. Uh, sorry for your loss. Yeah, Sal. We're sorry for your loss, and uh, we're glad you have you back. We missed you last week, so um, it's uh, tough treading around here, but uh, we're gonna keep chugging. So. Um, Let's start with something real quick. Uh, I'm going to present something real quick. It looks really nice. Um, I like it. So um, this is something that uh, the City of Socorro is presenting. It presented at the, at the meeting. So let's check it out. you guys think nice very nice right uh so what'd you think it's a nice projection of the city and it highlights uh it's um i guess it what it features as a city right the historical the historical the bracero program very nice you know that's something that i want to make sure to share with everybody today uh, moving on, we, we did have a city council meeting and, and there was a lot to talk about. So let's move on to that. We're going to talk, we're going to start with Miriam Cruz. She's a regular um, visitor to this, uh, to the, to the city council meeting. And she has some stuff to say and um, hopefully we can all hear it and then we'll talk about it. Let's see here. Let me get a big screen right here. So we can uh, share with you guys. And this is Miriam Cruz. Hi, thank you. Um, so I wanted to mention, um, I was looking over to say a backup. And it looks like, uh, well, first of all, if she was to me, sure she is. I'd like to uh, congratulate as well the kids for you know joining the city and wanting to volunteer. Um, 
I think of the city as a constituent where we support, um, you know, newcomers and, and people who really want to get involved. That's always very welcome. Um, I, I just wanted to point out the fact that I was looking at the backdrop and it looks like this was her third choice, compliance and zoning commission. And the only reason I bring it up is because as a former civil service commissioner and a current inactive um, ethics commissioner, uh, it looks like the ethics commission was uh, number one on her choice. And if you look at the backup and what she wrote about why she wanted to join, it kind of, you know, is, is directed to the Ethics Commission. And so I just wanted to point out the fact that we've been waiting over three years now for the Ethics Commission to, to be formulated. And so I would suggest that any newcomers and even if guys would like to consider or reconsider getting the Ethics Commission, I think that's a very important commission that we need to get moving, um, actually after three years of just sitting on it um, and, and nothing happening. So I just wanted to bring that up and point that out. Um, that's to, um, so Ms. Cruz talks about the Ethics Commission, Renee. I know it's been there for a while. We I don't think there's ever been a meeting for it, but we have, we have incidents like Mr. Durad where he's bullying um, employees, Ms. Um, Garcia. That would some, I believe that would be unethical. And we've talked about it ethical here. Why, and we know Pablo Barrera's part of the ethics commission as well. So why don't we have an ethics commission meeting? What do we need to get that running? Well, what, we, what, what the city needs now is that they need their, their, uh, their council um, to plug in um, there are candidates um, for these uh, these uh, commissions. Um, the ethics commission, I I had plugged in somebody since the get go, and it never. After seven years, that thing has never seen a meeting, um, or even for that matter, a a, a uh, it never been filled. It right. Never had a full, um, other than, I believe two people. Um, and that's, it's, it's a shame. You, you do need this commission so that they can address certain issues um, with board members as well, you know? Um, and that's the proper way to do it. If not, that's why council took it upon itself to start investigating council members when they were, uh, do, uh, you know, um, abuse of authority right. and things of that nature. So, what do you think? I know at one point I was asked if I wanted to join, but um, I, I guess just because I have a lot of uh, different things going on, uh, it was something that I probably kind of brushed off, wasn't really, really interested in it, but... Right. There, there is a need. I mean, there is a need, and and uh, I know for for one thing, Miss um, Cruz has been trying to be a uh, a participant in in other commissions, and so she's kind of locked in into this one. But she's really hasn't been able to be afforded to do anything in that sense, because they could never, you know, they they could never. Uh, form a full body 
So, um, so I'm not sure if there's, uh, they need to recruit a little bit better or, or try to see if they could probably dismantle it and try to send their, uh, send these representatives and other commissions where they could actually meet. But I mean, it's something that hasn't been able to get going for, for not quite some time, but for some years already. Right. So it's just one of those unfortunate things. And, and now, Rene and Sal, I'm playing it devil's advocate. Would there be council members that don't want to put people there so there won't be any ethics commission? Well, that's what it looks like. That's what it looks like. I've always put people in ethics. The only thing, and I will say this publicly, uh, because I did talk to, um, to her, um, what's her name again? Miriam Cruz. Miriam Cruz. Miriam Cruz, Ms. Cruz, right? And, and I had a conversation, and I'm going to say this. Um, the last, uh, my, uh, my appointee uh, resigned um, because he was moving out of the city at the time. Um, and she wanted to be, she wanted me to replace him with her, uh, Miriam Cruz, uh, to the, uh, what is it? Uh, um, planning and zoning. Planning and zoning. I had a conversation with her over the cell phone. Um, I, I, I got to say where um, I explained to her that why I didn't believe that she was the right fit for for my appointee. Um, you know, um, though, you know, I'm, I told her straight out, you know, we're going from a, an individual who was, I, in my eyes, believed to be one of the best that that commission has ever had, you know, he, he comes from, and right now he is one of the, the top individuals in, Opa in uh, the county um, mm -hmm. for planning and zoning. Um, so he knows, you know, the ins and out and Miriam didn't have those qualifications. She had the heart. I'll tell you that she yeah. had the heart. She had the best interest for the city, but I cannot put somebody um, that would be detrimental in her way of thinking. You know, she thought that she wanted to be there. And I explained it to her that I can't put somebody that instead of following our lead, because the council passes ordinances that go to, to that commission and they have to abide by them. And I can't have a lone ranger out there wanting to implement uh, their rules. Uh, they want to change their rules. They want to. They want to say, "Well, I'm asking for this when the council didn't approve all of that." Right. right? We don't want a lone ranger. We want somebody that understands what our our procedures, our protocols. Um, we wanted somebody that uh, that knows. Uh, the ins and outs, and she wasn't qualified for it. But yeah. I, like I said, I like her heart, and and she she would be very good if if the ethics commission could uh, be uh, filled because you know she she understands what's right from wrong. So that's why she's a better fit for for that commission. And unfortunately, you you hit it right um, on the nose when you say that. Maybe they don't want somebody there because 
you don't want anybody to calling you on your on your if you're being unethical. Right. You know, like Ralph and like Elia. Yeah. And that's sad. And that's sad because we have these systems in place for people, but we can't exec, uh, execute them because it just doesn't happen. So moving on to, to this, uh, let me present it real quick. Um, if you guys can see it here, something that, that was surprising to me was the submitted two claims to TML. And I'm gonna play it real quick uh, so you can hear it. And it goes by real quick, so take a listen. So that's that's it right there. You submitted two claims to TML. Um, Rene, again, can you please tell us what TML is? Texas Municipal League. That is the insurance that covers that covers cities in the state of Texas. That's why, hence the name Texas Municipal League. Municipal as cities, uh, Texas, of course, the state, and it's a league, right? Mm -hmm. In other words, um, they'll go out to all of the cities and then say, hey, well, we will cover your, uh, we, it's like an insurance for your automobile or for your house or your health care. You know, it's an insurance for cities. Right. So they're the ones that claim, for example, if uh, the city happens to fire somebody um, without a, 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 a cause, even though, and I'll say this, even though state of Texas has a, a will at the, uh, will to work, right? That means that they fire you, the, you know, they, they have every right. But in a, in a municipal, in a city, uh, it's totally different. They'll come back and sue you all the time. An ex-employee who, who might've been fired with, with cause can, can still come back and sue you for whatever the reason. Right. We've had those cases all the time. And, um, and, um, and it, it's, it's a personal matter. So it'll be very hard to see what, what claims um, or, you know, or, it, or maybe a disgruntled uh, employee. Right. So, yeah. So the reason I bring it up is because we just had a record where we didn't have any. Mm -hmm. and, and that's, that's something that, that, that brought to my attention. We go from a month of nothing to a month of two, you know, and that's just kind of one of those things I, I pick up and I'm like, wait a minute, what's going on? I thought everything was hockey uh, dory peach king. <laughs> no, well, I mean, um, I mean, things things happen. So I think we need to find out a little bit more of what are these two incidents or what had might occurred uh, from jumping from zero to two. I mean, there could be a lot of different different instances. I mean, accidents or situations, as much as you want to make them unpreventable, I mean, they can occur. So it just kind of probably just, we need to find out what what exactly what occurred. Yeah, and, and those are things that, that it's just, it's just uh, something that popped up and I saw it. And, and those are things that, that we wanted to make sure the audience knew. This happens all the time. So uh, we'll go to our next uh, for the city council. Uh, it's our friend, yours and mine, uh, Mr. Ralph Duran. Let's see what he has to say. Mr. 
received an allocation, sir. Uh, we have submitted for vaccinations. However, we haven't received the response from the state. So, Mr. Rob Duran wants to know when the vaccinations are going to occur. Well, we had 68 a couple of weeks back, and we had 100 a couple of weeks back. But the question that he should be asking, Sal, is why is Vinton getting 1,500? Why is Montana Vista getting another 1,500? And Socorro has to wait. Uh, what do you think? It's just, it, it's really agonizing because they're upset that we jumped the gun and made sure our residents were vaccinated. What do you think, Sal? Well, I mean, we're listening from somebody that complains about long lines, <laughs> doesn't even take a little break to go pass out maybe some water bottles just to see how everybody's doing. Uh, the facility is in his district and he's a no-show, uh, but he just came back from a trip, I think as well too, or he was a no-show from the last meeting and then he comes in demanding <laughs> about an allocation. So it's like, like that's all he's good for, just asking and demanding for stuff. But when it comes for him to partake or put his grain of salt, uh, it's, it's nowhere, <laughs> it's nowhere. But uh, uh, just kind of wanted to have, a, just wanted to mention, I had a conversation from somebody that is a teacher at uh, Ford Hancock. Uh -huh. And they were telling me that every single teacher that works in that school district has been vaccinated. So they're at a hundred percent. So then we could start looking at different questions like you just mentioned right now. You know, why is so many vaccines here? So many vaccines there. We have a, 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 a district, a school district where they're already at 100% compliance. And, and so, I mean, at this point, I think everybody wants the vaccine, but at the same time, well, we have to be patient, just like Ms. Rodarte said, right. we haven't gotten a response. So I'm pretty sure that a lot of residents, uh, not only in Socorro, but around uh, the county, have been uh, in that situation where they're trying to register and get the vaccine and, and they say that uh, they ran out. So I'm proud to say or glad to say that I already took my first one. I'm waiting for the second one in three weeks. So I was very fortunate to get in, but I went in as an essential employee. Right. So that's how I was able to get mine. So, I mean, it's still, the vaccine is still in demand. And, um, you know, who gets it, it's lucky. But, you know, you're talking about somebody that just comes in out of the blue and starts demanding that's not the way to go about it. Yeah, and, and that's why I put that in there. It's, it's, it's a little question, but it's like, where is it? Like, yeah. and, 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 and Fort Hancock is next to Tornillo, which it's 100% for Fort Hancock. 88% for Tornillo, and it's a lot smaller as we go on in Socorro, but I know El Paso and Isleta have worked together 
uh, with the hospitals to get, because I know for a fact, Isleta is already vaccinating friends and family for uh, their district. So that that's that's one thing. El Paso already vaccinated, I believe, over three thousand people, and Socorro is is vaccinated uh, five hundred out of their share. But when when you talk about that, that's great. But there has to be a time when you say we need all teachers vaccinated. Let's pull every string we can and get it unvaccinated. Rene, what do you think? And we talked about this last time, Rene. Sorry. We talked about this last time. Vinton, 1500. Montana Vista, 1500. Socorro, zero. Yes. And um, the, the reason being for that is that the county is, is helping those areas um, except Socorro. Why? Because the, the rollout was, wasn't there um, um, when, when the county, and, and you have to go back, when the county decided to roll it out, where did they do, where did they uh, rolled it out at? On the west side, where all the rich people are in the middle, upper, higher class lives. Right. And what about the, the people that need it, people that don't have access to healthcare down in the valley, in the poor areas, um, on the east side of the city. And it's unfortunate on the east side of the county. Um, so Socorro took it upon themselves to stop waiting for handouts, if you if you will. Yeah. Um, and, and did it on their own. So it, it comes at a price. It comes at a price of waiting in line like everybody. I'm going to say this to all of the haters that hate me. I got my vaccine, yes, from the church, okay? Yes, I go to church, haters. Yes, I do. So I, I me and my wife, she, she, uh, she, she uh, put me on the list. We got vaccinated on her first shot um, and uh, with Pfizer and, um, and we got it. So what we're looking at now and we're, the trend is, is that Everybody, the churches are able to, if they have the ability yeah. to vaccinate, um, they're going to do that. Uh, another organizations are going to be able to. So as established organizations, churches or companies want to vaccinate, they're, they're going to the state and therefore the pool of vaccines are decreasing so therefore, everybody's gonna be on a waiting list and see when they're available. So it's understandable that Socorro's still waiting for their for their uh, answer because maybe there's no more vaccines because everybody in the state of Texas is is asking for it, and it's a good it's a good problem to have because right. but, um, we get a lot of people vaccinated. But Annette, let me ask you this: it's become political, and we talked about it last week. Where Georgina Perez, our school, our state board of education representative, didn't even know, you know. And, and let me tell you, I want to bring something up very political. Beto O'Rourke was going around vaccinating people, okay, or getting them on the list. And and God knows I have my issues with him because of charter schools, and that's the only issue I have with him. Because he has a lot of good ideas, but the charter school thing, and, and another story came out today about that. 
But people are asking, why did he, how did he get the list? And the thing is that when you go, uh, when you go, I was talking to my sister yesterday and she lives in, in the South Central area. And she goes, well, some people are just coming in trying to see what's going on, you know? Now, it, it, we did say this before, they should knock, they should go, but it opens up a lot of things to other things where other people would prey on other people. But that's only in the valley. You don't see anybody else on, on the west side of town saying, well, let's take advantage of, of the people that you know don't know. Because if you go to anybody's home, an older senior citizen who is of age, maybe only talks Spanish, they're gonna, he's gonna believe they're gonna be for him. That's what I'm trying to get at because we don't have the technology in, this, in the valley. We don't have the technology in South Central El Paso for this. There's something wrong in the matrix where Beto gets the information, but that's a purple violation. Our county did not do enough for the city of Socorro and for low income areas. And it gets political, yes, because we all want that email. We all want that, that name, because if you see him there, you're gonna vote for him whatever it might be it's just it's just a little a little wishy-washy politically where okay well give me the list of people i can go talk to and then we register in by email but also people take advantage of the situation and we're in the valley well look th this is where where i say this yes i understand that uh that beto has some issues and i don't even want to call him beto because he's a white guy wanting to be mexican and that's my issue with him is that why do you want to take something away from the Hispanic culture, right? You know, it's like like white people trying to be black. So it, it, it makes no correlation. But I will say this. I don't think Beto did anything against the HIPAA loss because HIPAA loss prevents us from getting your medical information. Right. A list is a list that people just say, hey, well, I want to sign up. Of course. So if you get that, then it's okay because you're not getting your medical history. The issue that we're going to be facing is that they're going to force you to, to, to show you the card. And, and they gave me a card with, with the yeah. date, and what, what, which one I took and stuff like that. That's your medical, right? That's yeah. a medical card. So that does fall into HIPAA loss. So if somebody's going to force you to do that, then that is against the law you know, with that information. Um, but I don't think he done anything. I think that, um, that, uh, that is, it is an issue with the county not helping the city of Socorro. I think it's an issue that we have a piss poor uh, representation in, uh, in, in, um, in, in Liliana Olguin's representing all of us from Montana Vista all the way to Fabens, you know? Why is it that we had to come and, 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 and reports had to be, be dealt in the media to say that they had no representation? That why is it that all the vaccines were given out to uh, the Westsiders, the majority of them, and the, and the and the area where they were giving vaccines was in the west side when 
Liliana Zolguin is the worst and the most uh, poorest district in the county. And I'll go to toe to toe with anybody that disputes that. You know, you have Horizon, Clint, um, San Elisario, Socorro, uh, Fabens, um, you know, you have all Montana Vista. Those all fall on her district. They're one of the poorest cities and, and uh, with the exclusion of Horizon, but you know, the majority of, of, of the people that have to work two jobs fall on this area, on this district. And we have a, and I'll say it again, you know, Liliana Olguin has been a terrible non-show uh, representative, you know, until, until the news outlet came out and, and said that there is a discrepancy. Right, right. So is it political? Of course it is. Yeah, of course it is. You know, you know, poor people are going to be poor, and that ah, who cares about them because they don't they don't scream the loudest. But the people in middle class who have the financial backing, the people who pay uh, for all these political uh, uh, candidates, uh, they have their ear. So of course those are going to have the upper hand, and 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 that is something that that when you say Alex that it is political, it is. And unfortunately, these areas are, are lacking in, in vaccinations. Right. Sal, what do you think? Yeah, it's true. And, and um, I was, I was going to mention that about um, um, Ileana. She's been a no-show. And uh, mm -hmm. I was actually going to mention, I'm trying to remember uh, who she took the seat. Vince, uh, from Prince Perez. Vince Perez, there you go. <laughs> um, I was about to say, who's who's missing Vince now? Because I think uh, yeah. Vince actually did a lot for our for our area, and so this is where where Rene has been very vocal that when we go hit the the polls, we we we're voting for the wrong people, guys. Yes. And yes. I think Juliana is one of those that. I mean, up to this day, I have not seen anything. I, I did get a phone call one time, and I think it was an, an appreciation phone call to go pick up some breakfast, and that was it. And I was like, hey, I didn't even vote for you. Wait, wait a minute. <laughs> so, I know, right? Let me try to really good at that, because I got a, I got a and, birthday and, one, remember? Yes. <laughs> You know, and, and one thing I, I will add with Tussell, uh, you know, um, it, it goes back to the same thing. We have to vote. We have to vote. And, and I will say this publicly one more time because I say it to everybody. Why is it that we're, they come up and they present us, oh, let's vote for a, a Latina. Oh, let's do this. We're segregating people already. Yes. Think about that. We're segregating by race and by gender. When you go out there, what voters need to address is that you need to vote for somebody that's going to work for you. Somebody that's going to get the job done for you and your needs, not because they're one race or one gender. Right. You know, we, we need to get that out of, out of our heads and, and, and out of that mentality. We have to vote for the person that's going to do a better job. And unfortunately, you know, I do miss Vince Pettis because he was a, a hell of a good, um, Commissioner, you know, I will say it again. I named all of the municipalities and the areas that are 
that are that are the poorest in his district. Everybody else has what El Paso in a little bit of county. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Haggerty had the other side uh, of Vinton and um, and um, what's the other the other um, uh, municipality and Anthony. You know, but other than that, those two. But if you have to go and weigh the 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 poverty levels on on their on their district, Vince by far, and he had a lot. I've always said this, and you you always hear me. Socorro, just take Socorro for instance. You know it, and I know it. We could be there for fifty years and not finish all of the projects that need to get done because it's lagging for years. Same thing in, in the whole district in the county. Right. So representation, representation is lacking. Poor piss job. I just I just don't know why people will would want to continue voting for Liliana when she's just a no-show down here. And for the record, Liliana still blocked me on Twitter and I'm a constituent. Mm -hmm. Go and, figure. And I know why, because I called her out her charter school, you know? She's a charter school proponent. She and I don't know why, why. And I don't know why the teachers union go out and vote for her. Yeah, I mean, I don't understand. I, I don't either. understand that. I don't understand she, that. Why would schools are coming for your job teachers? Yes, it's upsetting, and it goes and back we, to the same and, thing. And the thing is, guys, we had this conversation on a on a on a thread today. That's why it's it's a little. We we know what we're talking about. Because it's true, and 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 there was uh, finally uh, KTSM came out with a with a uh, with a story on Creed. Creed is actually backing some uh, an EPISD hunt, and all them are want to become charter schools, and it's not because they care about the kids. That's a cop out. They want to make money. So anybody involved with Creed, oh, except Beto's wife. And they tell you they tell you the story, except Beto's wife Amy, that started La Fe School, that lost two grade levels, that is an F-rated district. Mm -hmm. Okay, it's an F-rated district, and it's about to be closed. But the pandemic saved them. And guess what they got? Well, COVID money. They got three hundred thousand dollars in COVID money, and it's a charter school, and that's why they get it because they're a business. They're a business, and you guys need to know that. And I know you guys get all like, oh, Beto, oh, Beto. He's a cool guy. Don't get me wrong. I met him. But the charter school thing will always kill it. And teachers, what charter school means is that they're going to privatize education, and you're going to be out of a job because they're going to be able to fire teachers easily. And trust me, they're not going to hire all teachers that are certified. They're going to they're, They have the ability to hire teachers that are not certified. So, just put it to you this way, Alex. Put it, to, put it to them that way. You might not get fired, and you might find work at a charter, yeah. but at a lower rate. And what's going to happen to you, your cost of living, is going to, matter of fact, your way of living, the way you, you're accustomed to, you ain't going to be able to no. afford it anymore because you're going to take a pay cut once we get inundated by charters because you didn't do anything. You decided to go out there and vote for somebody who, I Beto or I Liliana, you know, and what, and who's to blame? You. 
because you didn't do nothing about it. All right. So moving on, hey, and we're, we're here. Alex. Go ahead, Sal. Sorry. Well, I want to share a quick, quick story. So I had a cousin that came from San Antonio, and he was telling me that his kids are in the charter school. They're in idea in mm -hmm. San Antonio. So I was telling them, and I said, you know what? Did you know that your kids, your teachers are not certified? So he didn't know that. Right. He didn't know that teachers on charter schools or slash idea well, are they not. Have, they, they don't have to be certified. They don't have to be. They have some that are certified, but there's they have the ability to hire teachers not certified. So he didn't know that. So yeah. he, got, he got schooled in that. Second of all, he was telling me, well, what about the taxes? Because I'm paying all these taxes. They said, yeah, you're paying it for the school district. Said, so the, the school district is getting it, but the attendance is what IDEA is getting. So yeah. for instance, if they get $100 a day, that's what IDEA is taking. That's it. But I'm going to tell you something. Why are you putting them in a charter? So he said, because of the academics. I said, yeah, but your kids are going to grow up without having any type of social environment because all they're going to know is books. That's it. Yeah. They're not going to know how to interact with other people. They're not going to know how to play sports. They're not going to be in, in music and none of that stuff because they don't carry none of that stuff. The funding <clears throat> doesn't have it where they could um, have those extracurricular. Right. So I was giving him the example. They say, I have had three nieces already that have graduated from Socorro with the with, with a degree, with the associates, which right. is that, that uh, was it called that early college? Yeah. So I've already had three and they didn't have to go through idea. They were, they were in the band. One was in the drum line. One was uh, an emerald and, and, uh, and, and the other one's a basketball player. So they all were participated. They all went to public and they never went to a charter. So not only that, but now they're at UTIP. All three of them are at UTIP and, 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 and uh, they're, starting to, they're starting to be teachers. So that's why I was telling my cousin, why are you emphasizing so much the education piece for say? Because if they don't get it, they're going to get kicked out. Oh, yeah. And so then he didn't know none of this stuff. So a lot of people uh, don't know that. Don't know that when the charter schools don't want your kids, they will kick them out. That's they will it. kick there, them out. There is, no due process. there is no due process. If you don't get accepted to the university they want, they kick you out and you don't graduate. So that makes it 100% graduation rates. Yeah. And those are the ugly stories that people don't know about that they should know about because they have such a good marketing plan. They have such a good marketing plan. So much money, so much money to do marketing because they don't spend it on the kids. They don't spend it on special education. They don't spend it on teacher training. You are who you are. It's a business model. Prove me wrong. So One more thing. One more thing, Alex. Now, just think about all the money that you're saving as a parent, mm -hmm. sending them to that early college. Yeah, yeah. That's it because yeah. you're not paying a dime. You're not paying tuition. You're not paying for books because all of that is covered. So you graduate from high school and then you graduate with an associates. And all you have to do is just jump now for your bachelor's. And it's almost like halfway's done. 
Like it's already halfway paid. Well, I did do that. No, no, no. I won't do that. No. You will you'll get accepted to some university, but you're gonna have to pay 100 percent tuition from the get-go, not at the associates level. And 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 every point you made, Sal, is on point. You hit it the nail on the head. There is no sports, there is no social. Let me tell you, they don't accept kids with special special uh, disabilities. And that's one thing that gets to me a lot because what do you there's there's a lot of people with disabilities on the street. What do you think? Let me let me let me you know uh, my brother-in-law, you know, my people that I know have a disability, but we all have disabilities. So we're we're trying not to to make sure that oh, this is a share from the world, but it doesn't work that way. And 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 that's a that's a great, I mean, that's on point, Sal. Um no, and, and those are things that, that we get to a lot here. And Ms. Olguin is a, a charter school proponent. And, and so is Amy O'Rourke. And so is Beto O'Rourke. Um, that came out. It's, it's, it is what it is, guys. Um, they're willing to privatize education for you. And I saw Beto O'Rourke at the NEA convention in Houston. And he's like, oh, I'm not for pro, for-profit charters. For-profit charters and non-profit charters is the same thing. Moving on, because I can stay on this subject forever. Well, we're keeping with, with charter schools. Uh, it was very interesting. I saw the, the, a video from the workshop for SISD and Ms. Nahera uh, talked a lot. The president talked a lot about, about something that was very, very interesting. And it's about charter schools. So let's take a listen. Whoa, it's a little slow. Let me start sharing. So uh, if it comes back, we'll, we'll start sharing it. Um, I don't know. Let me see here. Here it is. Let me share it again. Here we go. And this is from, from uh, the school board um, SISD. Uh, here we go. <laughs> Again, I, I'm not sure if this is going to get some traction, but it's something that we ought to keep an eye on, so to speak. Then finally, House Bill 749, Middleton, this bill will prohibit all political subdivisions from contracting with registered lobbyists or belonging to an association who hires or contracts with registered lobbyists, like TASB, ASA, like. So uh, it's an interesting, there is a companion bill, it's in the Bill 234 by home. So this is not going to. So the bill is the bill will prohibit all political subdivisions from contracting with a registered lobbyist or belonging to association to hire contract a registered lobbyist. Companion bill filed is SB 234 Hall. Now they're going to talk about they can do it, but now they're going to talk about who can do it. I mean, as the this House Bill 749 does need to be watched. Very closely, if you can contact your state legislators about this bill, this is, and this is not only would it affect uh, local school districts, uh, it, it's towns and cities, municipalities that, like us, who have jobs, well, not me, sorry, <laughs> but you know, school boards can't afford to send someone to Austin to sit on these bills to testify about them, to to let our legislators know 
what harm they would cause. Now, if we're perfectly honest, the coral could. We're big enough we could send somebody. But you think about San Eli and Del City. So this is a side of Ms. Nahara I've never seen. But she's talking about the uh, smaller municipalities, you know, not municipalities, but school districts like San Eli, Tornillo, Isleta, uh, El Paso, and Socorro can, if they really wanted to send somebody to lobby for them. But it's an extra pay. But they don't, uh, they would get a lot of backlash because $50,000 could go to students, you know, but she keeps going. They can't afford to send someone to Austin to fight this bill. And a keynote on this bill, charter schools are exempt from this. Wow. Of course they are. Yeah. And, and so we need to do anything we can to fight against this bill. It was introduced uh, the last legislative session and was voted down. So we need to keep an eye on this. So there you have it. Charter schools are exempt from lobbyists. Charter schools are exempt from lobbyists. Do you, you guys gotta understand what charter schools are. First of all, they're trash because they have a business model, not a public works model, a business model. The business model is only one thing, make money. They will cut anything, any way, any corner to make money. That is the difference between the private sector and the public sector. School should be in the public sector because we shouldn't be pro, um, profiting from this. You're either known as a public servant or you're in the private sector trying to make as much money as possible. I'm gonna let Renee go first. Renee, what do you think? Look, this is a prime example of what I've been telling you, Alex, for the last three years when we had these private conversations. Yes. I said, look, charters are here to stay for one fact and one fact alone is that it creates money, money for investors. You got you got the Fosters and 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 you got the other ones, um, the, the billionaires who who I've, I've said it all along. I've said it all along. You know, I don't want to call anybody out, but, you know, sometimes you need to. You got to be that bad guy to point out the finger and say it was you. You know, think about this. When you have a politician, there was a, a judge, right, and says, oh, it, it and, and they said, well, why did you vote for charters? Oh, because it, it's, it's a natural thing. We have to. No, you don't have to. You don't have to vote for this. No. I'm going to say this one more time, Alex, and I'm going to say it in the air to our audiences because they need to know what that conversation you and me had a couple of years ago. And I'm going to say it, and I will say it again because we continue to have this issue. Look, the problem with charter schools is that they're for profit, it doesn't matter to what extent uh, our kids are going to be educated. They are, I'm going to say this, not all of them are trash. I'll go as far as to say yeah. that, okay? But look at it in my point of view. If I'm a businessman and I have, and of course I am, but uh, the business model, I mean, I want it to succeed and I want to put in a good product, right? right? But unfortunately, there have been so many charters 
that have not succeeded because they didn't have a, an adequate teacher base, uh, uh, administration, and they handle it like a business. Yeah. And unfortunately, that's what it is. But charter schools, people, I will tell you this again, to all of you voters and non-voters, especially you non-voters, you need to vote. You need to go out and vote, first of all, on your school district board, because your school district votes for accepting and allowing charters to come into your district. Do you understand that? So if you're complaining about, God damn, I'm fucking paying for a lot of taxes in school, then it's your problem because you don't vote. And if I have to use this language, it's for you to understand that it's very important for voting. You need to vote. If you're, then if you don't, if you don't vote, stop complaining, stop whining, God damn it, and stop saying, I pay a lot in taxes. Well, it's your fault because you're letting somebody else that greed or all these millionaires funneling money and giving it to candidates that they want on the school board so that when a charter comes in and says, oh, we're going to put it in Isleta, we're going to put it in Socorro, that school board member got paid, got paid to vote yes to allow them. And what happens? You let one in, you, are, you already cracked the door open, and all of the floodgates will enter. And that is your fault. So voters, be wise. Understand who you're voting for. Just like Beto. Beto talks a good game. But in the end, he's just a piper. And remember the story goes, he went and he got his magic flute and took all of your kids away. And that's the story. Did you forget? Yes, you forgot. Because you continue to do the stupidest things, not voting, and then you vote for dumb people that you don't know anything about. Because you don't study them, you don't listen to them. Guess why this is information for you. It's information for you to absorb and understand that, you know what? The wolf is in the, 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 uh, the chicken stool. Come on, people. Come on. It's very important. You know, they, they are putting in candidates yeah. so that when the time comes, they will vote for what they want and yeah. eventually inundate our, all of our districts with charter schools. Yeah. And, and, and they're the kings. Foster? Is untouchable. Castro is untouchable because he owns all the McDonald's. Um, those are the people that are making the money. Not you and me. We're paying it because you got to understand charter schools. Okay, charter Okay, so they invest money. It's almost like laundry money. So they invest money and then guess what? The state of Texas says, okay, here's some more money and guess what they do? They clean it they don't give it to the students. They don't give it to the teachers. They don't buy programs. And then they clean it. And then they give it back to the investors. It's a laundering scheme. If, and the thing is, it's horrible. And, and they have, and I've heard people tell me, and I hate this. Any money we take from them, it's okay. It's not okay. We shouldn't be taking any money from them. What Renel tried to say was the sheep's, in, the wolf's 
in the hen house. The wolf right. in right. the hen house. That's what it is. The wolf is in the hen house. That's the problem. And public education is the only thing that got me, that got Rene, and that got Sal out of the situations we're in. Public education did. Now they're trying to privatize it so they can do whatever they want, when they want, and how they want. There isn't a there isn't a problem with public education. Sal just told us a story about their his nieces, the early college. All the school districts have early college, but I'm proud. To, he should be proud because they're from Socorro. That's the situation you're in, and we're paying the taxes for it. Some of the highest in the city. That's where we're at. The wolf is in the hen house. And teachers, if you're not listening, listen. They're going to come for your jobs and they're going to privatize it. Just like they're doing privatizing in, for monitors and SISD. They want to privatize custodians. It's cheaper because public education is going to be gone if you don't fight now. Sorry, Sal, go ahead. No, I don't think there's anything else I could add to it. I think we've already had a very good, uh, thorough uh, explanation and, and even the, the level of frustration. And, and uh, um, we just need to be very, very uh, uh, with our eyes open. And, and this, this platform is very educational for those that are paying attention because it is providing you not only facts, but it's providing you testimony. And so that's why I wanted to share my testimony earlier on, earlier on because it was a great example of, of people that I have talked to here in Socorro that they are being sold a different product when it comes to idea. But then when, when the grint really occurs, and their kids are being sent back to, to, to public schools, then that's when they get a realization or that's when they get the, the, the taste. But if they would have been educated and they would have known all of this beforehand, I'm pretty sure they would have just stayed at public schools. But, you know, sometimes, you know, you have to be a, a knucklehead and go through your through, through a situation in order for you to understand what people have been trying to tell you. And, and some people learn that way. And, and some people, you know, um, that is the only way that, th that they're going to learn. And it's but uh, and every, it's everything well said from, from, from you and, and from Trené. And, and we learned the hard way. We will. We're learning the hard way. When we start asking, um, we, when they come in and say, you know what, we're not going to hire you anymore because you know what, there's no money. Because charters are taking eight billion dollars a year, and they only they only serve six percent of our kids in Texas. That doesn't make sense. The rich are getting richer, and they're um, poor are getting poor. They're coming and taking your tax dollars. And I'm going to read something to you. And I had it right here. I can't believe I had it right here. This is Verdana Revich. She fights charter schools. The Texas Senate Education Committee. Guess who's on that committee? Mary Gonzalez is on the committee, okay? Bowed to the wishes of the powerful charter, charter lobby and granted sole power to the state commissioner appointed by the governor to approve charter schools. His decisions can be vetoed 
only by a supermajority of the State Board of Education. And who's on the State Board of Education? Georgina Perez. Georgina and, Perez. And I'm probably, there is not a supermajority there. You know, I know that there is no, it's only Georgina fighting charter schools and probably two or three more other people. So you got to understand, I want to hear from this, from, from Mary Gonzalez, what happened? Because the State Education Committee, she's on it. She's on that committee. And they just took all the power away. This is happening in your own home. If you're an educator, they're coming for your jobs because they're going to privatize them. Because if you're late, they're going to fire you. Because if you take a day off, they're going to fire you. And don't, don't call me. Don't, don't say that, oh, it's never going to happen because I've been at the same school for 10 years. It's going to happen. It's going to happen because Castro and Cree, Amy O'Rourke, and Hunt, they want to make their money. They're already millionaires. Don't worry about them. They got their money. And they're going to make, they're going to double it when they privatize education. That's what you need to be worried about. Because somebody should have fought for us, and I have it right here. Somebody should have fought for us on that education committee. And I hear one thing about it. That's going to get to us. That's going to that's going to come and bite us in the butt. All right, let's let's. It's going to be a long show, guys, because we got two more items to get to. Um, Let's look at this. Uh, we are going to talk about not charter schools because they suck, but we're going to talk about um, the budget and a one-time payment of five hundred dollars to uh, six thousand six hundred six thousand thirty-one employees. What would be the impact? So this is just for your information. If the board decided to give a five hundred dollar. Uh, COVID relief payment of $500, the impact would be $3.3 million. And if the board wanted to do this in May, it would be a $3.3 million to the budget this year, not next year. So I know that that was requested. And so I just want to make sure that I put that bullet point to, to clarify that to the board. So it's up for the board's consideration. But again, this is for your information, just to kind of give you an idea of the impact on the budget. So, Renee. We've talked about this a lot of times. We've said it. They're gonna, they're gonna give people, and we have, you know, we talked about Mr. Hill. They're gonna give a COVID relief bill. They're gonna vote on it this month. We know early voting starts on the 19th, mm -hmm. and elections are May 1st. Is there an undertone? Of course. Every time, every time um, it involves something prior to to some sort of event, you 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 have to look at it with a concern of why was it done. My question is, it's good that it's 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 being done, but my question is, why now? Why didn't this take effect last year? Why? Right. No, it's or at the beginning of the year. Right. You know, when you, when you, or even at the beginning of the school year, you know, for that matter. So why didn't it take place prior to this? 
It's because they're having board elections. They want to say, oh, look, the board voted for you because that's what I take from it. And don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. I understand. You want to do a good thing? Well, do a good thing when you don't have something of interest that that the board is coming, um, you know, for example, elections are coming. So I'm going to say this, then why even have this conversation and then bring it up before that? Then if you wanted to do that, then why don't you do it last year? Yeah. You know, when we got that, that, that COVID money, we allocated a stipend of $2 an hour for all our employees to offset. We didn't give them $500, but every time you worked, you were making $2 extra. You know, and we did it for a certain period of time until until the money basically, you know, uh, uh, ran out. So th that's what we did in the city of Socorro. You know, but we didn't bring it in in uh, in council and and said I put it or 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 the mayor put it or somebody else put it. We we we. Adriana brought it up so that so that um, they won't be any funny business surrounding who brought it up or, and things for that matter, you know, because we didn't want somebody to say, oh, well, they had a, a because elections were on this year, right. you know, X, Y, and Z, right? Because our elections were in, 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 in uh, November. So it goes back to the same thing. It just looks bad. Why does it take so long? And if you're going to do it, just do it. It's just that simple. Why are you going to have to address it and see how much? Guys, you don't need to wait 30 days to get that information because you're trustees. You can ask for that information, and I guarantee you your CFO is going to call you right back in, in a matter of you know days to say, you know what, X amount of employees times $500 equals, and you get that amount. That simple. The CFO knows how many employees you got. You just have to multiply it. It's basic third grade math. Right, right. So you could have got that. Bring it up to the agenda item. What do you guys think? Yes, boom. Let's go next. Right. Uh, no, why you gotta make it emotional so that you can you can you can put your employees on a on an emotional roller coaster? It's just they're in need and hurting now. You heard it from Tom Hill. It's a spectacle. Yes. It's a spectacle it where, where Tony Hill said they're hurting. So people are like, please, 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 give me, give me, give me. Uh, and it's, it's now, it shouldn't work that way. Right. So you wouldn't like to be played around with if you were going to get a bonus, right? No. Now, I heard other districts are going to give bigger raises. So do we want a, a $500 one time or do you want a 4% raise? I don't know. But I hope they get it. But I hope they, they see us the, the 500 bucks, 500 bucks. But it, it, is, it, it is election bribery. That's what it is. And, and it, it's unfortunate that it's happening. And, and, and it is what it is. Sal, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, if if it's a, a COVID relief 
I mean, they should have released it a long time ago. Not, not at the point where we're having a lot of people now vaccinated, where we've had a couple of rounds of stimulus yeah. already come from the government. I mean, it just doesn't add up. Nothing's adding up. And, and we could all sit here and, and read, read in between the lines. And it, it, it is what it is. It is an election uh, stimulus, <laughs> per se. Uh, it's not a COVID uh, relief because if if it was that, I mean, we've been dealing with this virus for uh, past a year already, yeah. and so why now, and why during the election? So, uh, so yeah, doesn't sound right. Doesn't look right. Now, some questions come up, and some of these meetings I tell you, I'm like, I'm in bed. Uh, and it pops up because I'm subscribed to it. I'm like, nothing happened. It's a 30 minute, an hour meeting. Nothing happened. Of course, something happens. It always happens. Let's see what happened. <laughs> okay, real yes, quick. I'm trying to figure out. I know we had COVID last year, so we didn't really do any uh, workshops or what have you. But the year before, there was one on it. This is Mr. Morales, I believe, and he's asking a question two years back, right? Yes, sir. And we were looking to, to approve uh, teacher or I should say compensation for employees. And I believe we did it in June. Why are we doing it now in April? No, so we didn't do it. Yeah, we did do it. June. Yes, we, we did. did. So we didn't do it in June. No. Oh, yeah, we did it in June. We go back and forth. Oh, now we're going to do it in April. And here's his reasoning. Yes, we did. I know and that. The, and the reason... Again, the reason for that is because look, uh, look. I don't know if you can see this real quick. I, I want you to look at uh, Mr. Espinosa's legs. He's right in the middle, okay? When he's asking these questions, can you see him right here? You you have to um, share your oh, screen. I'm not presenting. Oh shoot, that's my bad. Sorry guys, I'm getting all excited about myself. Can you see now? <laughs> yeah. So this is Mr. Espinosa, okay? This is uh, the board president, Najera, and this is um, Mr. Morales, I believe. Yeah, because this is Mr. Mena. Uh, Gary's right here, uh, Ms. Rodriguez, and Mr. Guerra, okay? So I want you to keep looking at, at Mr. And this is body language, guys. This is body language. Look at his body language, okay? To, to approve uh, teacher or I should say compensation for employees. And I believe we did it in June. Why are we doing it now in April? No, so we didn't do it. Yeah, we did do it in June. Yes, we, we did. did yes, we did. I know and that. The, and the reason, again, the reason for that is because. So what does that tell you? <laughs> Why is he moving his legs like that? I, can, I move my legs a lot when I get nervous. When I'm like, yeah. Yeah, he's right. Me agarró. Me fregaron. Hey, but did you hear the excuses he was putting? No, it gets better. Listen to this. Because of the fact that House Bill 3, we didn't know. We knew that the, there was legislation that said there was going to impact the, the salaries. For so he's talking about House Bill 3. House Bill 3 is going to get a cleanup, but the House Bill 3 is already out. It happened last. We all got our raises. It's an unfunded mandate. That Mary Gonzalez pushed back and said, it's not an unfunded mandate. Yes, it is. 
the state of Texas wrote a hot check to teachers. Now they're looking for revenue. But guess what? There is no revenue, but there is stimulus. So they're not going to give the stimulus to, to public schools. They're going to take care of Texas first. So I think that's a fit from Mr. Reza. I think that's his name. Or nurses, librarians, and other staff. And so we had to defer because we didn't know if we were going to recommend something that was going to be, uh, be allowed by legislation. So that's why we did it back in June at that time. So the year before that, it was basically done in April as well. I, I don't no, know. It was, it was done in May. Oh, it was done in May. The year before was done in May. Then June, now in May. Hmm. It was so, done. Yes, sir. So the year before that was done in May. Uh, yes, sir. The, let's say 2019. We did it in June. In June. And the year before that, we did it in May. Yes, sir. And then this year, we're going to do it in April. Yes, sir. Is and the correct? reason for April is because of the fact that we got two competing school districts. Oh, now we got two competing school mm -hmm. districts. <laughs> We got two competing school districts. Wait, uh, wait, 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 Alex, before you go any further. Before you go any further. <laughs> so, so they've never had competing schools? Oh! Two years ago? No, this year they have competing schools. This year they have competing schools. So before they didn't compete with anybody? No, no. Oh. yeah, I guess, I guess Isleta just popped up yesterday. And El Paso popped up the day before that. Oh wow, that's good to know. Oh, just okay. Let, let's see where this goes. Let's see where this takes us. We have two other districts. Yes, sir. Isleta and certainly El Paso, mm -hmm. who usually present their compensation proposals in April as well. No, they don't. They present it in May. Let's adopt them. I think El Paso was going to do it in, in April, and they kind of pushed it off. They did, they're going to present their composition in April, uh, but I think they're going to move that to May for actual adoption. Oh, really? Hmm. Hmm. We got the nariz. But um, how about the other district? Do you know what they're going to do? I think they're going to do it in April. Both. They're going to present. We're not going to do it in April. Same. And I think they're going to adopt. They're going to adopt in May. Yes, sir. No, in April. Yeah, but you just said that so, so, El Paso may do it in May. So it's El Paso, I think, in two years ago. Damn, I wouldn't want to be well, Not two years ago. Did you cut that? <laughs> so in other words, he's just backpedaling. He just said something that isn't true. And and I'm going to say this, okay? Okay. The presenter, his boss, is sitting right there in the middle. Right there. Mr. Espinosa. Right he doesn't, know, do what to run. he doesn't know what to do. I do not understand how, how he is allowing his subordinate to tell his superiors lies. Yeah. I don't get because it. It, it, it. Because he needs, he needs what he needs. Yes. He needs what he needs. And you do what they tell you. It's a directive. Let's keep going. So, or last year, proof compensation in April. Isleta, for several years now, has been approving compensation in April. We're in the only district who's done it either in May or in June. Nope. So but this year you're saying that El Paso ISD may do it. They're going to 
They're going to discuss it April. They're going to probably adopt it in May. Is that correct? Yes, sir. Okay. Want to be for the record. So that was awesome. For the record, homie. For the record, and let me tell you, those other school districts now, they're like, nah, we're going to May, bro. Let's see what happens with Mr. Men, I believe, goes on. Yes, sir. So are there any other questions with respect to the question? not, I have no question. Yes, sir, Mr. What is the difference if you do it in This is Mr. Mena. April or May, why? Because 85% of our budget is, is salaries and benefits. Instrument. 85%. So I usually present a budget and we do a lot of work on the detail. And it's based on what the administration is recommending. Why does he keep looking at his boss? And the last four years, what we've recommended hasn't been what the what the what the board has approved. So we're presenting budget numbers that in reality are not exactly correct because it's it's different than what's eventually accepted. So we can so, present this and get comp. Monday? So he just said it right then and there. We're just giving you stuff that is incorrect, and yet we're going to see what we can pass through you guys. Ah, uh, yeah. Especially what it is. I think, yeah, that's what I heard too. Yeah, he's just throwing things out there, see what yeah. sticks. It gets better. Look at, look at, look at, look at. He brings the unions in there. Compensation done. Then when we present and review the detailed budget, those numbers are pretty much set because 85% of our budget is salaries and benefits. So I'm giving you uh, variances that end up being completely different. And so that was the recommendation. President, I have a question to ask. Yes, sir. This is Mr. Uh, Guerra. Mr. Alyssa, on the one-time payment regarding the, the midterm increase, you mentioned that we paid in May, that money would come out all of our fiscal year for 2021 because we have money left over or money, extra money. So we paid on the 21-22, it'll affect our budget. So we just, if the board decides to vote on that, it's best that we do it this year, correct? So it, it's, it's up to the board whether they want to decide to do a COVID relief payment out of this year's funds. Uh, and at the same time, um, when you adopt compensation and say, if we want to do a separate amendment where we want to do a lump sum payment for the 21-22 fiscal year. And if, that, and if you make that decision, there are two separate, two separate items in two different fiscal years. So I hope that answered that question. So that would not affect our budget for 21-22, correct? Uh, yes. If you do the COVID payment in July, I mean, I'm sorry, in May, May. it wouldn't. July, there's a little July. Thank you. Are there any other questions? Uh, so that's that. That was interesting. Yeah. You know, and it's, it's very interesting because I, I go to workshops for the city all the time for, for, um, for the budget. When he said eighty-five percent, it's it's on on par with everybody. Everybody, right, okay? right. People need to understand that the MNO of schools and cities are right around mid eighties. Right. That is that is okay. Okay, that is okay. Your MNO should be right around there. You know, uh, Socorro was at eighty-two, I believe. 
So we were we were doing okay than anybody else. Right. But but it's 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 to be good to be reason in the mid eighties. Um, your MNO means maintenance and operations, guys. So people don't know. That's what I'm talking about. Maintenance and operations is your MNO. Okay. So. Um, so they're playing with 15%. That, that's not a whole lot. What he's just saying is based. What I took from that is that, look, we're going to present you some stuff and you guys are going to change it all completely. No, it's not true. Because remember, 85% of his budget is already set and allocated. So therefore, he's just wanting to let you guys know that this is what we want from that extra 15% what we want, but you guys might change it and that upsets us. That's why we're bringing it here just to see what sticks and then we'll go from there. But the truth is he was flip-flopping on April and May and in June because election season is upon them and they want to look good so that the board can win and retain their seats and everything will run accordingly. They don't want anybody new because they're afraid that if there's somebody that comes in, like I did in the city of Socorro, changes will occur. Maybe good changes, maybe not good changes. You don't know, but that's what people are afraid of. You know, I think it's just a ploy. I think that's what it is. And, and, um, and, and uh, you know, it's survivability mode. I guess that's what they are. Yeah. But one thing for sure is that whoever gets on board needs to address this issue with, with, um, with the soup, with the superintendent, because we don't need a flip flopper and we don't need somebody to lie to the board. It's just that simple. Well, I don't think he lied. I think he just carried out orders. Yeah, but you know what? When somebody comes in, they can address those issues, bring it out forth, and say, "Hey, you know what? You said these statements. These statements are false." What are you going to do, Superintendent? True that. So and then, and then, because he's been getting an excellent report on his uh, evaluation, so that's going to take a ding. Let me tell you something. Um, something's been on my mind for a while. Uh, so, Carl wouldn't have been a, a a district this year, like a lot of school districts, because of the twenty nine kids that didn't we didn't graduate. And that's one thing people need to remember that that in Socorro, in the city of Socorro. You might not care about us, or you might care about whatever you're, you live, and that's great. But in City Socorro, 29 kids were taking away their education, and that doesn't make you any district. And those are and things are coming down the pipeline, and they're going to come, and they're going to people have to pay for it. Sal, what do you think? The presentation itself it was pretty, pretty uh, horrible for say. There were too much uh, flip-flops um, as, as it's been stated already. And so then it was very, very difficult to, to, um, to follow because there were too many dates or too many months being thrown out there. So, so, <clears throat> so that was a challenge in itself when, when I was listening to it. Um, but <clears throat> bottom line, I mean, uh, we don't need to go into detail all it is, is it's election money. That's basically bottom line. That's what it is. It's, it's election money. And they're trying to, you know, they, they even made it, if you caught on to it, they even made it seem like 
we have to do it this time around because if we wait, it's going to hurt us in next year's budget. Yeah. So all of a sudden, like you could erase a couple of zeros next to that number from one budget to the next. But, you know, if it's like Renee just said right now, I mean, it's 85%, it's already set in stone. So what's going to be the big difference moving going into next year's budget? And, and, and so let's hurry up and let's do it. Let's and, do it this month because it's going gonna, it's gonna to hit us next year's budget. And, and, and I want to tell you something. This is, this is something that's it, to, to maintain a school, it takes a, a million dollars a year. How many schools there are, it takes a million dollars a year. So our schools were not in session for most of the year. Okay, so let's say 75% of the time we weren't there. That money is allocated, that money goes somewhere else. I keep, cannot stop thinking of Mr. Hill. He didn't work because there were no kids to pick up. This raise is on their backs. This raise is on the hourly staff. This raise, this, this stipend is, is, is almost they're carrying the work because they didn't have work. So when they didn't have work, when custodians custodians worked, when bus drivers didn't have work, where, where other staff didn't have work, the money that they didn't make, even maintenance didn't have work. That's their money because they didn't work because the schools were off and the kids weren't there. Things weren't broken. Kids didn't need to get picked up. That money is their money because they didn't work. This, this stipend is on their backs because you don't know who didn't go to work. You didn't know who didn't eat. You didn't know who had to go to a, a food pantry and pick up food. You didn't know who lost their apartment because they didn't have money. Because they, they don't share stories like that because that ruins Socorro's image. Being a teacher, you know who lost their house. You know what kid doesn't have a jacket. You know what kid doesn't have food. You know what kid, everything. The money is the staff's money that didn't get paid when there was work. Just like Mr. Hill. That's their money. That's what, what you're building off this is, is what you're doing. Because you're flaunting it. Elect us, we'll give you this money. And that's economical racism. Because we need it. My mom worked in a cafeteria. She needed it. And those are the things that those people don't have a voice. And that's what gets me upset. And it gets me more upset that the unions haven't gotten in there and attacked them for this. They should, but they're in bed with administration. And that's fine and dandy because we all got to take care of ourselves one way or another. So last words. <clears throat> so, I mean, the podcast, um, exposes city council we're going into the school districts now and we're exposing that as well too so uh, to everybody that is out there listening 
this is a great platform for you to not just get educated, but to actually know what's going on. Uh, you, we have three, four brilliant bright minds in, in this podcast that can um, share that wealth of, of just that information that's out there. And so for that, uh, that's why I'm grateful and that's why I participate and uh, just want to thank everybody that's listening, but most of all, you know, to my colleagues, uh, Alex and Rene, just because on a weekly basis, just bringing in the information is priceless. And so they tried to buy us through the election. They tried to buy us through a COVID, but this podcast doesn't do that. This podcast gives you free uh, knowledge, free education on whatever is going on in Socorro. So take it and run it. And that's what I would say to everybody out there. Thank you, sir. Renee. I just want to say um, I'm sorry for my outburst. <laughs> you know, um, I don't want to say that it wasn't called for. No, it, it, it was called for. But um, I'm going to choose, try to choose my words a little bit carefully. Because no, I know there's a lot of. Listen on the, on the podcast. We're just going to put what? explicit. It's okay to cuss. Oh, no, no, no. I know. But I mean, uh, we got we got some sensitive ears yes, uh, that, that get offended uh, because you, you might use a little shit here or a little piss there, you know, or call you dumb and stupid. Uh, we got insensitive people like that. We, I just want to say I'm sorry. I'll try to use my 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 verbiage a little bit more. Um, uh, ex less extreme than I will try to right. give her name more social skills classes. Yes, yes, yes. You, you being a teacher, that'll be very helpful. <laughs> but, but you know, it, it, everything I said is true. Everything I said is true. You know, we have a lot of whiners. We have a lot of criers um, that that are very uninformed, um, and and they don't come out to vote. And then the voters that come out to vote, they're very uninformed. And they, they go out and vote for somebody that has the appeal, somebody that, that, uh, that doesn't have our best interest in hand. Um, and, and I'm sick and tired of that. I'm sick and tired of that. I mean, why do we continue to vote for these kind of uh, elected officials who aren't going to work for us? And I'm sick and tired of it. And that's the frustration that I, that I, that I, uh, that I showed uh, today that that it's 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 very harmful for not only our kids but our kids kids and their futures and and we got to do something for it now we gotta and, and this is a good platform to give information so that people that don't have the time um, and catch the news and then not be able to 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 look at the news this is a, a very good outlet for for them to get some sort of information, you know, and 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 to and to be uh, a little bit more in tune with all of the subjects and the the subject matter that uh, for that, um, I just I just I just want to say thank you, thank you for 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 having this discussions for us to really um, and, and give our opinions. Thank you, Renee. Um, you know, guys, it, it's it, it's a very long podcast today, and it's going to be even longer on YouTube. Um, but it's worth it. 
Um, maybe there are some subjects we, we didn't touch on or we did. But the thing is that the truth is, this is election bribery. Um, this is uh, modern day uh, election bribery. It, it's like the posadas that used to happen before. Um, you come, go, you come get a hot dog. I'll give you twenty bucks, and you vote for me. That's exactly what's happening. Uh, who was that in there? Who used to do that? The Gandaras. The Gandaras used to do posadas, and this is just the same thing. Um, and you need to learn that. I hope you get your five hundred dollars. I really do. You should get your five dollars. Teachers should get more. But the, you live in the state of Texas that keeps all the money and helps charter schools. Charter schools are who they are. They're launderers of money. They uh, people like Hunt, Woody uh, uh, Hunt. Uh, the, I know the Casa Nissan guys are involved as well. There's pictures of them. Uh, Casa, all those Casas guys are in there. Um, you know, all the McDonald's, uh, Castros, and all them. They're laundering money on your children to make money for themselves. They don't care. They say they care. They don't care about your kids. They don't care what that happens to your child. They could care less. All they care about is their money. Uh, we talk about SISD because we live in SISD. Um, and those are things that, that's happening now. Um, and I know for a fact that SISD is looking to partner with charters. Um, that's why they're in the district. And there was a questionnaire about it. Uh, would you fight against uh, partnering with charter schools to that effect? And I promise you, teachers, if you don't fight, they're going to take your jobs. Like they're already privatizing monitors. That's the way it starts. Privatizing, privatizing, privatizing. So it is what it is. Fight, learn, listen. Join a union. Um, I hope one of the, your unions can fight for you because as of right now, they're in bed with AFTs in bed with uh, administration and so is SEA. And I'm sad to say it, but they are. And they have every right to be because they're taking care of themselves. They're not taking care of you. So for Sal, Renee, uh, it's an hour and a half we went. Uh, Hope you can break it down to three days, guys, and listen to it. Thanks a lot. Appreciate it. It's a very good podcast. Uh, let us know. Uh, uh, we'll, we'll send out our information. Uh, for all of you guys, thanks a lot for listening. Sal and Renee, appreciate you. Thanks a lot. We'll see you guys next week. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.